Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back for another episode of Yellow Jackets. It's season two, episode eight. It chooses Aaron. What'd you think of this episode? Uh, well, I I felt like I got a lot of internet points, or someone did, because a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the base theories that we've been talking about in terms of you know what is the antler queen kind of process and how do they select victims and you know uh, Walter dropping a dime to the cops like a lot a lot of things are were were coming into focus, um, and I really enjoyed that. There's a lot of like really gut punch stuff, like Javi's death. What 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 a crazy thing to survive the things he survived and then to die <laughs> in that circumstance. Yeah. Uh, what what is and, the wilderness trying to say about Javi? Keeping him alive what? for months on end and under a tree only to have him die in the lake. Yeah, you should have stayed hidden. These girls are dangerous, Javi. Um but on the others, and, and so I, I liked a lot of this stuff. Um, and it's a penultimate episode, so things could, should get kooky. But I do wonder about the pacing of some of this because it felt like hmm. I was impressed by how well developed the ritual was. You know, with Shauna, who's kind of been the holdout, like contributing to a lot of that. Maybe that maybe that's just all stuff coming together. Like Shauna's already crazy and had this kind of crazy Jackie fixation. So the necklace and all that, maybe, maybe that all, but it's like, I, it felt a lot more developed, especially in absence of Lottie. These are just what the people, the kids came up with. I, I felt like that was a little bit too, like I, I needed another missing link between, you know, this phase of the hunt and what, where we get to and in, in season one. Uh, or the season one premiere. And then mm-hmm. I also thought Lottie was a little, you know, quick to be like, let's just, let's just uh, let the wilderness kill one of us. You know, I know that they've been kind of like building towards that and her tenuous grasp, but like she went from, you know, 10 minutes left in the last episode. Guys, I don't know if we should even do this to like 10 minutes into this episode. Well, you know what we got to do? We got to drink poison tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, again, I don't, I don't even know if this is a real criticism. It's just that it's things I felt when I was watching it. It's like, wow, uh, we are covering a ton of ground in retrospect. How did you th- uh, feel about the episode? Yeah, I'm similarly torn on this episode. I think, th- you know, the big events that happen are pretty awesome. I like to see the development. I want this to speed up just a little bit because I do think they, especially the stuff with Javi has been idling. It has been idling, like not having Javi say anything when he gets back really annoyed me. Um, And so we resolved that this episode. I'm happy for that. But then there's things like. uh, I I, I felt like the show is not playing super honest with me, especially with the Aquila mouse stuff. I'm like you you're establishing a language here uh, through your your cinematography where you're saying, okay, you see the blur, right? And that's the influence of the wilderness or something, something around that. Um, but you go back and I did, and I went back and I looked at the scenes where she first finds this mouse and there's none of that. So like, I don't feel like the show is playing super honest with me. I feel like it has slight pacing issues, not nothing. I'm, I'm really going to like get offended by, but all of that kind of adds up to something that makes me a little nervous 
about the direction of the show. Yeah, they're kind of they're red flags. It, it everything could right. uh, end just fine. It's just things you, you notice. You're like, mm, I I hope they've really uh, thought this through because it's like also like sometimes these disclosures that are actually ob- obstructions. We don't, you know, like Javi says something and takes agency in this episode, and then he dies. But, like, Coach Ben finds his hideout. So, like, we found out a lot of, you know, a lot of questions. Like, how does this kid survive out here? You know, the underground mm-hmm. steam steam pipe, uh, germal, the geothermal uh, vents thing uh, turned mm-hmm. out to have, you know, some, some, some merit to it. Um, but, like, they also kill off Javi. And Javi's the only one that can answer questions because he's, he's had experiences out there beyond just chilling in this uh, sauna. And eating rodents and whatnot, right? And we'll yeah. never know that now because he's dead. And uh, that's it, it's clever in a frustrating way to like answer things, but also shut doors so you'll never get answers. And mm-hmm. it makes me think. Um, it, it's one of those things. Like I said, these are kind of red flags that are you know giving me the idea that maybe these people are making it up as they go along a little bit too much, a little bit more than I'd be comfortable with. It's it's not just that mm-hmm. we don't know exactly where we're going. It's kind of intuiting, but like they really don't because like it, it's hard to believe they invested so much. Like how many episodes has Avi been around? Like five, <laughs> and it's we keep been checking and checking, and then then he's the just just to be the sacrifice. You know, mm-hmm. like, hmm, and and what is that going to do to Travis? And and it's just like you know, just as Travis is getting warming back up to Natalie, and kind of like, you know what? No matter what, you're a good person, Natalie. Uh, then she kills his brother, arguably. You know, sure. At, at the very least, lets him die. Um, yes, to save her own skin. So, yeah. I and then at the same time, the the other thing that's frustrating is, and the reason I'm torn on this show is they're doing things in the adult timeline that I really enjoy too. And yeah. and not to say that I don't enjoy the stuff that was happening in the 1996 timeline, but it, getting the Yellow Jackets talking as adults, I think was super fun. Number one, like all this finger pointing and blame, like them going right back to being these petty teenagers, right? Well, it's like the if Mr. you Me hadn't six. done this, then I wouldn't have had to do. Yeah, it's like the Mister Meesick scene from Rick and Morty. You know, well, you <laughs> right. got me into this. Well, he got me into this. Well, she got me. Into this. It just goes back and yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, but but I like them actually talking and, and information kind of getting out there and everybody right. getting back on the same page. That's exciting to me. And then right. you know Lottie being just full on bonkers. I, they don't resolve that scene, which kills me. It's it's in a good way though, right? Like this is a type of cliffhanger that i'm i'm okay with i guess because like i i just need to know what everybody's going to decide they're all kind of sitting around at the end just sort of thinking hmm should we drink this obvious poison should we sacrifice one of us to to what make the cops go away i guess well that's the thing it's like um if make Lottie Jay get caught streaking in public or something so he's a pervert and the court can throw out the case i don't know yeah, that's that's the pacing I'm talking about. It's like it's not just Lottie decides that she's going to just give in to the craziness. It's just the rest of the group, you know, like a quorum of these six women are going to like, oh, well, just hear her out. All right. One of us is going to walk yeah. out. It. One of us is not going to walk out of this room, but let's just hear her out. Like, uh huh. And, and no, especially no, how I, I do matter like... of fact she is about it. But I mean, I guess she, she is. A, she's a true believer. And all of her remaining yeah. reservations got swept away last episode. Oh, yeah. No, she's she's 
essentially an avatar of the wilderness at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like also, you know, as much as we learn in this episode, I still don't know that there's anything that would shift the person who's on team paranormal versus team, you know, I, what were what was this? Harry Potter versus team Isaac Newton. Uh, I, yeah, I it's all hunger, right? They, they place right. the blame on hunger. Oh no, yeah. It's, it's hunger. I mean, the, the show's giving you the rational explanations like, oh, the kid didn't, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't plugged into some root system like some umbilical cord. He was just chilling in a natural hot spring and eating the animals that he could capture. It's like it's yeah, that's mm-hmm. about enough. That's about enough midsize small animals that would 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 keep a, a lad going for six to eight weeks. So there's plenty of water like there's there's nothing demands a supernatural explanation. And yet right. and yet and yet. Uh, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, um, but it's like if we're like also for two fifths way through this, they you know I guess they have and I a, a rough idea of this being about a five season arc is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe that all that all works out. I do wonder if they're gonna have a five season arc. How are they going to continue to? What's their plan for? You know, I, I guess a lot of these, I guess a lot of the women that are playing the teenage girls are actually full grown. Like they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. A lot, because I was just wondering, I was like, are they yeah. gonna have like a start kid situation? But the only one that might have Javi, they fucking killed. So, right. No, I think so I guess yeah. That. I guess yeah. You you did good job casting twenty eight year olds as seventeen and eighteen year olds because they're just uh, they're just all done cooking. They're all done cooking. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, maybe we should get into the recap. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. The wilderness is the space between the ads. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. 
Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. All right, we start off in 96 after the vicious beating by Shauna, Lottie, and... Or, sorry, uh, Mari and Misty help Lottie P, then put her to bed. Mari is not being helpful, so Misty tells her off. And on the way downstairs, she drops the bedpan. And Lott- we get a shot of Lottie where she's pretty out of it, hallucinating, seeing visions. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you, you mentioned this wilderness effect. This is a kind of a new camera effect. Um, mm-hmm. I'm calling it the Barbara Walters mid-90s interview filter. Very okay. soft focus, uh, hazy and over and, and blown out on the edges. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, or hunger cam. It could be. It could just be hunger cam. It could be delusional hunger cam. Yeah. Slash the wilderness cam. Uh, mm-hmm. Mari, but that doesn't explain why Aquila weeks ago on the show. I think episode three or something four maybe. Uh, did not see these this particular vision when she saw the live mouse put it in her Especially pocket since they had just got done eating jackie at that point right was that just before just after so, so did the mouse decompose in her pocket over the course of like a week no 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 i'm suge- i'm trying to suggest if there is like if this is if this is hunger cam mm-hmm. you know if if did she find them that ma- mouse she found post jackie correct uh, almost certainly. I was trying to I mean, think. definitely post Jackie. I don't know how long though. I'm post Jackie being eaten, not just uh-huh. post Jackie dying because she, she spent, she spent the first couple of weeks, uh, first couple episodes in the season in, in the bear freezer. But uh, mm-hmm. my point is I'm trying to see if there is like an explanation for why, but if she's not hungry, then there's really, if you're saying that that's not the hunger cam, that's the wilderness cam. Then that is by definition, I guess, putting your thumb on the, the woo-woo side of things. Well, I, my only point here is that they're not being honest with the way they they film this stuff because the mouse was always dead, right? Can we establish that? The mouse was always a corpse. This mouse is way too far mummified to have yes. ever been alive. But but I, to go back to dishonesty, I'm trying to, th- to think that, like, is this... If, if they're suggesting it's the hunger cam, if she first established the mouse ownership before they'd eat Jackie, then maybe... But but you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. They're not they're not using their their they're inventing a filter to let you know that something is happening. But like, I don't know. There's precedent for that, right? Like, um, or is there? Because I I, come, I keep on going back to Westworld, and I know we had mixed feelings about Westworld. But like, I think Westworld would do the classic. Uh, there's several times where people realize they were in a simulation. And the aspect ratio, the aspect ratio change was always a subtle hint that you were in a simulation or in the real world. But a couple mm-hmm. times people thought they're in the real world and then they woke to the fact that they're in a simulation and suddenly the aspect chain ratio would change. Yeah. And like, is that dishonest? 
because they had a clearly established like visual thing of like, well, when there's some, but they went or they, they, they fooled the host and therefore the audience. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it, like I said, the on and honestly, you can get away with whatever you can get away with as long as the audience goes along with you. But I do. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm worried that they are kind of fucking with us here. Mm hmm. In a way yeah, that's definitely. not fun or satisfying with that stuff, you know, like my canonical example is always um, uh, the usual suspects, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody talks about what a mind blowing twist. I never thought that was a twist. I always thought that was just like, well, that's just a director lying to you for a whole fucking movie and then completely changing the meaning of everything in the last five minutes and be like, whoo, aren't I so clever? It's like, no, no, it's just stupid. But <laughs> I don't know. Some people think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I think is amazing is I believe the dripping that Mari is hearing is this pee <laughs> coming might down be. the stairs in the bedpan. It might be. Um, wh- how do we feel about the theory of Mari dealing dirty on the chores cards? Um, I, I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. I think it might be the wilderness. Really? You know, if you want is, to go with the is, supernatural. Cause, cause, yeah, cause I'm just it. thinking that like, because here's my evidence. Mar- mm-hmm. Mari, I always thought she had a slight bit of a smirk when she bops up and she tells Crystal and Misty that it's, oh, it's your turn to empty the piss bucket and the shit bucket again. There's like a little bit of like a mal- maliciousness there. Um, we know that from Misty and Crystal's uh, perspective, they got the shit detail far more often than any other girl and in here Mari is just like actively disgusted by handling someone else's I, I get it this is like a sick person's urine a lot of a lot of protein a lot of blood in there but she's just like uniquely like oh god oh ugh, such a baby about it yeah and she doesn't like Misty so she's being extra shitty about the whole thing um, I feel like it's it's at I feel like it's one not stronger after this week I feel like I'm well, uh, there my evidence against it is Nat talks some shit about Lottie this episode, says hmm, maybe yeah. it wouldn't be so bad if she died, and then she pulls that queen. And I, I don't, you know, if you want to go supernatural, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's the wilderness's influence. So it could be that the wilderness had uh, Crystal go out there with Misty, knowing that she would not come back. Yeah, I that's I mean at this point that is a also valid theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, I, I, I will we'll say see. that my predictive value of the the Mari um, being a dirty dealer is that she's going to get busted manipulating the wilderness at some point and and get her ass hunt uh, hunted. Yeah, she was a a blackjack dealer before she got she came out here. She was <laughs> she was moonlighting as a blackjack dealer at the yeah school. Staff parties, I don't know. Double dealing. Uh, all right, current day after the dance party, Shauna tells the other Yellow Jackets that the police found Adam's body. She tells them also that she has to go home. Van can't get answers, but knows that something is going on, so she throws Shauna's keys in the woods, so she can't leave and demands answers. And then Shauna admits that she told Jeff about Adam. Uh, and Lottie moves the conversation to the sharing shack. They're causing a scene amongst the purple people cult. Mm-hmm. Seeing all their their founder and her BFFs or besties having kind of a heated uh, argument. 
Um, Misty's character is yeah. uh, preserved in this episode. Her her skills Turns are untarnished out- because she wasn't the one who buried Adam. She didn't hide the body. Nat did, and Nat was very careless, apparently. Probably that didn't be- bury her the the res or didn't bury him the res the the recommended six foot deep surely, mm-hmm. um, and also that she had removed the tattoo with the cheese grater apparently <laughs> Jesus, uh, and then I mean, uh, we, yeah, we talked about that right maybe he'd have like some body tattoos but they covered it yeah they they had all that covered so so Misty still gets to reign as queen supreme of the true crime uh, podcast enjoyers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing is like I I now I'm back to like did Walter what do you think and I we're we're a little early on these scenes, but what the hell? Yeah, maybe, maybe What do you wait. think about does this does this say anything about Walter dropping it? Cuz like the one thing I didn't understand is how the hell Walter would know that the the body was buried at this particular park. Yeah, I don't think he did. And I think he's so, surprised to find the body so I, I, I thought so because I, I did that scene where he is putting the puzzle together like it read to me as someone who's surprised and is ready to take advantage of something it wasn't mm-hmm. like because because I I'm sure there'd be some people that'll write in and say ah no this is Walter seeing stage one of his plan work and he's starting stage two I I don't know because he's I I, I yeah I, that, that didn't that didn't read that way to me also when he pops up his email, um, he's just sending it from his. Looks like it's just sending it from his email address, you know, to this the cops. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what sophisticated. He he's a hacker, right? So yeah. I don't know what sophisticated systems he has set up in his fucking Apple Mail client or whatever. Right. But it's like, is he really spoofing different addresses? Like they didn't. I mean, they could have implied that easily. They could have, yeah. But they, but they, they didn't. didn't. Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, everyone's theory is half true that he is willing to contact the police to get Misty into something, but he had he had nothing to go on, and that made sense because, like, I, again, like how unless Misty directly told him, which I think would be dirty, not show that conversation. How mm-hmm. in the world would he guess where they dump a body? Yeah. So it sounds like of all of them, if anyone fucked them, it's Natalie for not not digging the body deep enough. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like it. Yeah, he's in there pretty I, deep. I, I will say also with that email thing, um, he sends it without a subject line, which I found interesting. I, I don't know about you. I never send an email without a subject line. I'm trying to get somebody's attention because I know they get a billion emails, right? Uh, the cops probably get a billion emails. The Wiskatoski or whatever the hell this town's cops. I don't know if they do. I don't know if I don't yeah, know if Matt maybe and not. Kevin get just shit tons of. But the yeah, spam. I, I mean, this... you got to cut through the spam alone. So you need some catchy headline like you'll never guess. Well, I will say this. Adam's he... body was up to before you found it. He hasn't actually finished composing the email, though, right? He's like, no, he I it. have some information. I think that you. Oh, he really just dot yeah, dot they dot. Yeah, the, the sound, it? the the kind of. Oh well, then yeah, he's a maniac <laughs> sending in those. So, I mean, right. What, what in the I name mean, of like who does that? Is that a, is that a is that a millennial zillennial thing? No, lunatics. Lunatics do that. Lunatics. Okay. Yeah, Moriarty's looking for their Sherlock's do that. I I, I also like not. I don't feel. I feel like people are using email less and less. 
Like email mm-hmm. today is the equivalent of snail mail 20 years ago. I think the like cops are getting like I, I, signal texts. I don't, I don't think so. I think the cops are still on email. I think this is the appropriate venue to speak to the cops. Yeah, but the cops probably use fax machines still too. True. And that's like pioneer Oh, I'm not text. arguing society hasn't moved on from email gotcha. largely, but the cops have not. I feel like the younger anyway. generations especially just don't use email very much. Oh, like when they have to, mm-hmm. the same way we feel about like faxes and running to the post office. Like, oh God, I guess I'll send you an email. Yeah. All right, let's go back to 96 where Ty sees the dark version of herself. She lies to Van about it. Then Van gives Jackie's belt uh, to Mari to add to the stew. Uh, Nat wonders aloud to coach if it wouldn't be better if Lottie died because of the weird hold she has on the others. She also also mentions that she saw Javi bowing to one of the symbol trees, which piques his interest. They really are using this Barbara Walter 90s interview filter a lot. Like it's come out of nowhere. Uh, This we see um, Ty notice it when she sees dark Ty leering at her to her left side, her sinister side. Um, What is I mean, is this is this just a stylistic choice that a director made or is this a conscious because I did? I don't I can't remember seeing this much elsewhere, but this episode is lousy with it. Mm -hmm. Is it because the wilderness is is, if we're going to go with the supernatural theory, is it because the wilderness is exerting a more powerful control now where it's been more subtle up to this point? It's possible. I just I just don't trust it, though. Like that's that's the thing. If they had been a little more consistent with this. I would trust it more, but I don't feel comfortable saying what this is because it's the first time I've seen it and it's yeah, and I, in context where I should have seen it before if it was yeah. consistent. And also it's like, I, it might be our fault for reading a little bit too much into like, you know, they could be like, Jesus Christ, these are all just generic crazy person effects that we're using interchangeably between the VHS filter and the wilderness filter. And the, the uh, I forget the other one we discussed last week. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if, you, if you're watching like Breaking Bad and you see Walter White out in the desert and his vision is swimming, you don't think, oh, my God, the wilderness is taking over. You just think, oh, guys, the like it could be that we are so up this show's ass trying to figure everything out that they're just like we're just using various generic you know we threw in a VHS one because Ty's got a VHS store and we thought this is like essentially season one true detective oh those spiral graphs were just for my kids homework project and I thought they look cool so I and they're authentic kid art so we'll just hang them up and you know Marty's kids it, it has nothing to do yeah. with the yellow king and anything else. it's like it was just I, I do wonder if some of this just artistic choices that they're doing to tell the story and we're taking it way too far it's possible um yeah maybe the way we watch television has evolved to the point where we are picking out small small ish details like this and saying hey they must mean something um but i don't know i i think that's i think that's fair I think when you're talking about a language, which cinema certainly is, what is being said is important. Uh, of course. And and also, there's also you're running a, a an adult puzzle box show in the year 2023. So 
you got to know you're under the yeah, microscope. People are right? going to yes, they're going to play sounds backwards and forwards, and they're going to invert the. <laughs> they're going to run everything through a negative image spectralizer, and it's yeah. They, and they know going, this, right? They're setting up phone numbers for people to call sure, with voicemail messages and news, like yeah, all that stuff. So they know but nobody can be perfect. So. Oh, that's fair too. Uh, but this seems big. It seems yeah. pretty big. It's not like it was one it's, frame I, of a show that was misplaced or something. It's a whole and, damn filter across this entire episode. And unless they do something to really swerve from it next uh, episode, there's going to be entire scaffolding of theories built around the filters and when they're used oh, and why. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yep, people so do I hope it's POV. I hope, so. I, I do hope it is significant. Uh, I like this scene juxtaposed to the previous one because the, the previous one is where Van is talking, uh, is is like upset that nobody's cluing her in and it's so obvious that something is going on here. Um, and she just straight up like Ty, I, I think throws out a pretty good, a pretty solid, well-performed lie. And Van's like, you're lying to me. And then because of this scene where we see Ty, and she's been doing it a lot in this timeline, lying to Van and Van starting to acknowledge, oh, I can see Ty is lying to me here. Uh, so it, it really paints a picture of like how well they know each other uh, doing that in both timelines. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I'd really continue to enjoy the juxtaposition where they have, you know, they'll have Ty screaming in one timeline and then they go back and she's looking pensive in another. I thought that's mm-hmm. really cool. Then Coach sneaks into Javi's bag and finds his drawing of tree roots. You can definitely see that he is feeling a sense of urgency to do something, you know, like what Nat's saying about this thing with Lottie and the crazy thing that happened with Lottie and the Javi's bowing before the tree symbol. Like, Coach wants to try to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I guess my question is why? Why is he, like, going from the height of despair to, like, driven man on a mission? And what is the mission, I guess? Is it to uncover whatever influence so that's a good question i don't know that i can answer the radical change of direction between i want to kill myself i just don't want to be around anymore and i want to scooby-doo this shit Mm -hmm. um but i think something in i think something in misty did kind of call recall him to his duty that you are the only adult that these girls are just that uh, the oldest of them is like 17. Like you, you're, you, you they're, they're, they're counting on you. And mm-hmm. if they're descending into barbarity with an adult present, what will they do? And, but he also sees that he's losing control of the situation. So mm-hmm. I, 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 my head cannon, cause I'm a man of science is that coach is trying to find out like something that will make all this explainable so that he can, you know, sit down and tell the girls like, okay, girl, I understand. We all got excited about the wilderness, blah, blah, blah. But look here, Javi's been chilling in a sauna. And that will happen next episode. Anyway, I'm kind of, you know, like coach needs to stay under that tree when he gets back and find out what has gone on while he's been absent. Well, they're setting things up where he's like, guys, I found a paradise has plenty of we're going to be warm. We're going to be well fed. And like they're all eating Javi. Uh And he's going to be God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I leave the house for 20 minutes and you people can't help but eat each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 bloody chaos. Literally. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. 
Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on with him next time. Uh, speaking of eating things, Akila considers eating Nugget's corpse, but can't do it. Thank goodness. I was squirming that whole time. Uh, uh, Mari and I, I hate it because like my brain unbidden helpfully supplies what it thinks that would taste like. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen that like in a movie? Anytime someone like like, like I, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's a, I don't know what the hell it is. But like every time someone puts their tongue to something disgusting in a movie or a television show, my brain's like, hey, I bet that tastes like and the unholy jerky that my brain was uh, mm. conjuring up for me as she was considering eating that was just ah. I think and it has the, the texture. The smell. You know when you're eating Whoppers and you get the one that's bad? Yes. It has that texture. Only it's going to taste like rotted flesh. It's going to uh-huh. be those those dud Whoppers that uh-huh. is full of like malted earwax or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's going to f- it's going to be the flavor of decayed guts. <laughs> oh boy. Cuz you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like you, you, it's been fr- freeze-dried. And like as soon as that reconstitutes uh-huh. in your mouth, it's all that shit's gonna come back. Oh God, yeah, it's bad. Everybody it's bad. listening to this podcast at lunch out there, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're... <laughs> what are you doing listening to? What do you do? So I, the one time, uh, my wife and I were about to sit down and watch a show, but we had you know we had dinner. We were gonna eat dinner and, and watch something, and she suggested Yellow Jackets. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? You're gonna <laughs> eat dinner in front of Yellow Jackets? No fucking way. How about we watch an Always Sunny episode and then watch Yellow Jackets when we're done eating? Because yeah, yeah. so call. don't don't listen to a Yellow Jackets podcast or watch an episode if you're if if you're. <laughs> It's like it's like going in the pool, right? You don't do yeah. it an hour before or after you eat. Exactly, exactly. And definitely not during. Nobody's taking a meal into the pool. Uh, the other thing that happens in this scene, Mari and Ty both here dripping. And then I think only Mari sees blood coming through the walls of the cabin. Um, Van tries to say, yeah, that's just hunger. But I don't know, man. Uh, and, and she's screaming talking. they're dead the whole time. Who? Uh-huh. Who is she talking about? I'm assuming the girls, but in context, grammatically, it's very weird. And they know that they know that they're oh, dead. Yeah. So why would you say cryptic. we're dead or she's dead or, but there is this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm guessing there is, I'm guessing there's going to be some provocative hints about who inhabited the cabin before before the end of this season? Ah, okay. That's the only thing I can I can think of because you know that would have someone saying they instead of us. Yeah. Um. Okay. Is, I like it. Is the dripping theory is is like is there any reality here or is this all delusions? Because Ty heard it too. Now is that because Ty is also tuned into the wilderness darkness in a way that the you know is kind of unique to her, or is it because there is you know because the other hot theory was there is some sort of underground tunnel system, uh, mining system, maybe uh, spring spring fed cave system that she's hearing dripping, or do you think this is just full on shining style delusion? I don't know, man. It's a real good question. Um, this episode has a lot of kind of water-based stuff in it. You get the steam coming out from under these trees. You've got Javi falling in the lake. The aforementioned uh, pea basin. 
there's a lot of liquids <laughs> flowing around in this episode. I'm I'm not sure if they're trying a lot to get of slosh at something and like leaking, dripping. You know, what's one from another? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe when they bring Javi back, something will happen that will make it all make sense. Maybe Since that's he just will be uh, very wet. Mari. She's you know she's just so afraid of his bloody ear, and she's seeing it in her, with her waking eyes now. It's just like it's uh-huh. seeping in through the cracks. I mean, you saw what happened when. And- she had to handle who empties the the pee bucket or the poop bucket, I guess. True. Right? Yeah. She's the keeper of the excrement, so mm-hmm. I suppose she could be haunted by visions of urine. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, especially when you've been wearing it. Ugh. Ugh. Mm. Ah. Yeah. She's covered. Anyway. The rest of this episode, she's covered in lottie piss. Strong brew. That we're told. That's true. Mm. Also, yeah, strong brew, and it spills all over the floor downstairs. So that. Mm. Oh. Add that to the aroma that's that's been oh, that, festering that, in that cabin. That cabin is smelling smelling ripe. Ugh. It is not freeze-dried. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, current day, the cops show up at Jeff's house with search warrant. They toss the house, question Jeff. Um, Callie talks some shit to Matt until he says that she's just like her mom, which kind of shuts her up. Kevin tries to get answers from Jeff and eh, it doesn't really work. Matt shows him some fucked up pictures of Adam's corpse. And when Kevin points out how fucked up they are, Jeff clams up and kicks him out. But it well, seems to on, hit home. I keep on wanting to find something nefarious about Adam, but the show keeps on saying things like, oh, actually, he's a he's a bone marrow donor, you know, kind of like one of the best one of the best types of people that you can be. I'm seems like, fine. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate Matt. I hate him every single oh, like yeah. I oh god he's so I mean I shouldn't I shouldn't let this happen in real life. I hope I wouldn't. But like I kind of want the killers to get away just so he's humiliated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I'm with you. So he's I think brought down a peg. But he started this whole investigation off on the wrong foot. Yeah, if he had had official poisonous bullshit tree. Yeah. Yeah, if he had official support from the police department and hadn't seduced an underage girl in a bar by buying her drinks, I'd be way more on his side. But does the show creep. think this? Because uh, I don't even know if that's wrong. I don't know that a police officer in the course of an, uh, investigating a murder cannot buy a sixteen-year-old a drink. I don't know. If it's, illegal, I, it's wrong. It's ethically okay. wrong. Okay, I'll go with that. I don't know if it's illegal because this show is acting like it's not. Yeah, this show's acting like, well, as long as your partner doesn't think you're a pedophile rapist, then the investigation will go for on. There's no right, you know. But but I, I guess then Callie, um, no, it's not Callie. It is Callie. Cassie, mm-hmm. Callie. Uh, Callie comes back with, well, well, let's see what happens on the stand when they, you know. And I I feel like she's got the right of it, but but Matt backed her off with the, oh well, wait until they hear what a crazy person your mother is, and you're just going to be. You know the, the apple not falling far from the psycho tree. I that doesn't seem. I don't. I don't know. It does. I, if I. Uh, I. I just thinking if I was a jury. Of course, I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty pro, uh, liberal progressive. But if I. If I'm on a jury and I hear <laughs> a 16 year old daughter of the investigator credibly accused the lead investigator of sexually assaulting her, it's going to cast a pall on the rest of the state's evidence. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I would um, think so. 
but I don't know. Maybe the judge would make an announcement, being like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta ignore all this. It's uh, our, our officers are allowed to perv in the name of justice." I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I continue to enjoy watching Jeff do his thing in this scene. He's, he's on. That's the thing about Jeff. He's always like kind of on the right track generally, and should just follow that. But then he veers off, like. Yes, you ask for a lawyer. No, that doesn't make you look guilty. Do it. Why are you sitting down at this table looking at all these horrible pictures? Just say, I'm not answering questions until I get a lawyer. Dude, I mean, people just don't... People... I mean, I've watched enough police interrogation stuff to know that people just think that they just get in a situation they get gripped up. They think, you know, that officer... Because they, they don't start off being like, oh, you're fucking you know, throwing the book at you and where are you, unless they got you dead to rights, they're going to be very like, Oh, you know, I, I could, anybody could do the thing. Uh, you know, everybody can fl- flip out when you're under straight. They'll, they'll tell you whatever to get you to open up to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people just fucking lose their mind and decide, Oh, I got you know, If I'm not cooperative, it'll make me look bad. And, and then you get Jeff here who like everything about him, like the way he hilariously over explains his wife being at the spa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, all, all Kevin has to do is sit there with a neutral look on his face and Jeff will, vol- you know, keep volunteering and keep volunteering. And yeah, and yeah I, I, that's all. And this is also the rolling disclosures of Shauna really taking him off guard. Right. Like he's like, OK, she met this guy, had an affair. She killed this guy. Like knowing that your wife killed a man thinking that she was trying to protect you and the family is one thing then being confronted with the visuals of her kitchen electric kitchen knifing him apart and cheese grating his history that is you can tell that really shakes him it's like i thought i understood the level of fucked up the shauna is and now it's like no it's more like hannibal lecter levels Mm -hmm. Um, this isn't a, a woman pushed to the edge. This is just a, a perhaps crazy person. And it, it, it really fucks him up that. And also think that finding out that the more he finds out about Adam, that like, Oh God, what if Adam was just a normal dude? What if he was even a good dude? And my wife killed him for no reason. It, it does make him sick to his, to his credit. Yeah. And, and it should, it should worry him. I mean, he's in a situation where he is trapped, right? He's either going to go down with this ship. If it goes down, um, or he could possibly end up murdered. You know? What's what's to say Shauna yeah. wouldn't kill him? Yeah, at this point it does feel like, and I've said this all season long, it does feel like Jeff's kind of fucked. There's yeah, no he's com- stuck. Rock in a hard place kind of there, thing. There's no coming back for this, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably going to die or be in jail. Hopefully not soon, because I enjoy watching him. All right, the Yellow Jackets catch each other up on the situation by pointing fingers and laying blame. Ah, tried and true. Uh, Shauna reveals that she told Jeff about Adam. Misty reveals that Ty hired Jessica to spy on them and that she killed Jessica. Which I love. I took Misty care of so it. unbothered by a murder. I took care of it like I always do. Yeah, and she chipper expression. Demeanor. And then you could tell that she really thought the people were going to spontaneously be like, "Oh, thank God. Thank God for Misty. Thank God mm-hmm. for Misty. She's she's really there for us." And she did not get that. <laughs> no. No, it's it's uh I I really like these scenes. I think they're very well done. 
but they're so frustrating at the same time, right? Like, look, all this stuff has happened. Who cares whose fault it was? We got to figure out how to get past it. We we got to figure out the solution here, not who's to blame. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But uh, I don't know. For whatever reason, these women. Well, no. I mean, it's for a good reason. These women don't want to. They're not going to be easily admitting to being bad, especially Misty. Bad actors like Misty. You know, uh, everybody else is being like, man, that experience in the wilderness fucked us up and did all this and that. And Misty won't. She's like, oh, no, I made us stronger and we're able to do the things we need to be. Done. Like, she is not. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I did the thing that was obvious that had to be done and it took strength and courage. And she's in deep denial about how fucked up the situation was out there. And 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 maybe it's because she was already pre fucked up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, she was you definitely. Know. Uh, like yeah, she, she, she has always been in the wilderness, and then when she went out there, she like felt at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Where the other other ladies, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, yeah, never change, Misty. You're a pleasure to watch. Past the shrooms. We'll be right back. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with more Yellow Jackets. Speaking of Misty, let's go back to 96 where she sees Coach modifying his crutches to be better than the snow and she worries about him, but he puts her mind at ease. Uh, uh, yeah, fair reasoning. Unless unless he's trying to go back out to the cliff. I don't know. Yeah, this is a lot of work to get there with all the snow. I need to... Uh... You know, I noticed I wasn't sure if it's in this scene or the previous one, but like they established that there are snowshoes on the walls of the cabin and yet no one uses them. <laughs> But they're gonna have a main. They're gonna have coach the the one legged character fashion hilariously ineffective snow poles. I guess, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they, maybe they would be more effective than I'm than, than I'm giving them credit. But I don't know. They're pretty. What's he small. gonna do? Strap a snowshoe to each of his crutches? I'm just talking about like people who have been out there walking all the time, like mm-hmm. uh, Nat and Travis. But yeah, yeah, strap one snowshoe to your foot, and then you know, one to uh, a crutch. Then then build like you're, he's on the right track. He does just need to be like twice as big, I think. But maybe mm-hmm. not. I was thinking of like snow pole ski poles have a, a basket at the end about that size. But like I don't know that ski poles would hold up the cross country three foot snow hiking. Yeah, I don't know how sturdy they are. But then again, like if you look at grown people's snowshoes, they're not as big as you'd think you'd need to be to keep you from sinking through the snow. You know, like the size of a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. Maybe I should retract. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> coach knows. I, what he's I, doing. I've talked myself out. I've, I've talked myself into coach uh, knowing what he's doing with these poles. Yeah. Still needs still needs at least one snowshoe, though. I think so. Uh, Travis sees Nat and Javi getting along and he's pleased by that and he goes over to apologize to her about his reaction to Javi returning. Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't feel like Travis was super in the wrong. He was shitty about it, but like, does it deserve an apology? She lied to you about your brother being dead. I I think mm, this is there's there's also like the many times he said implied that she's a slut or a whore yeah. or like there's it's it's not just the one thing. It's this is kind of like everything. You know, if I made you feel like you're not a good person, I was wrong to do that. Um, yeah, because she's over there <laughs> being really 
kind with his brother, right? Yeah, she, apparently she netted him a pair of uh, mittens, like con- mm-hmm. convertible mittens or whatnot. Um, and then also, like, this is the episode where she is going to, her through her own inaction, allow him to die. So, like, this is... Is this really tight writing or is this just-in-time writing? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, it's lined up exactly for maximum punch-in-the-gut status for Nat when she asked to explain this to, to Travis. Yeah, th- this is like a series of unfortunate events, right? And it's Where... also like, I don't know that it, the burden should be on Nat because this is the women's idea. They all went along with it. So, like, if Travis wants to buck it, sure. he's going to have to buck against, you know, like, 12 of these girls, and they can already, they've already proven they can team up and kick his ass. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't think Nat is, like, Nat's definitely not solely at fault. She wouldn't have had to let Javi die. She didn't want to let Javi die, but she did it because she did it in self-defense, essentially. Although, I will say there was a dubious connection between letting Javi die and preserving her own life. Because Van could have just as easily said, the wilderness demands another sacrifice or something, and boom, Natty's back. Nat's back on the menu, right? Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a crazy situation. Like, where it's like, well, you did pre-consent to being murdered, so everyone else can. And then you fled, mm-hmm. and then you, yeah. And I, I don't know. It also felt like. It felt like this is a loophole that they invented. Like, I, I the other thing is, like, is is all this stuff going to be blessed by Lottie? Is this what the wilderness intended? Did the wilderness want Hobby to die? Because it could be that they fucked up here and they spared uh-huh. their own. It's going to because you know, notice that this also ties into what Lottie says towards the end of the episode, where it's like, you know, what it always wants is us. And I wonder if that's how Hob- or Travis makes it out of it because they come to a conclusion that the wilderness doesn't want these men. You know, maybe they'll try it one more time with Coach mm-hmm. Ben to see if it sticks. But like, there's this <laughs> idea that like, I, I wonder if they're going to sacrifice Javi and something terrible is going to happen as a result because the wilderness wanted Nat. The wilderness chose Nat. You guys made up some bullshit ad hoc stuff at the scene, but that presumes yeah, this, that there is smacks, a thing called the wilderness. <laughs> the, right, right. Uh, this always smacks to me, or the, all of this stuff did as like the prophetic like doomsday uh predictions right like oh this is gonna happen at a certain time and then when something doesn't happen but something else like kind of maybe close from a certain point of view happens yeah people will spin it and say well this is what was actually right. supposed to happen right that thing i yeah. said it was true if you look at it from this perspective the wilderness wanted a sacrifice it got javi it's satisfied it, that that is a pretty easy thing to spin after the fact but it didn't it didn't give hobby the card so why not if the wilderness wanted hobby it could have said i want hobby by giving him the card well and it's also we've seen that the the wilderness been set up where it can never fail you know if uh, the, the girls won't pre- let it if the predictions didn't come true it's because they lacked faith you know it's it's mm-hmm. the it's the classic if they do if they do come true but in like a cockeyed way then you can squint and say well actually you know uh, from a certain point of view and you know if the thing that happens actually happens then obviously that's confirmation so they're in mm-hmm. a there there's no way for Lottie and her philosophy to lose right as long as the girls go along with it and they they believe it mhm yeah they are 
they are the wilderness. At yeah, and if point, you, you know, if you keep preaching well doomsday, like I, you know, you and I grew up in a bit of a doomsday religious uh, institution. You're always looking for Armageddon mm-hmm. to come, and if you're saying Armageddon's going to come, of every once in a while, you'll see a story that's like, seems like Armageddon's going to come. Holy shit! A worldwide pandemic's happening. What if this is a hundred million? You know, oh my god, Russia's invading another country. What if this starts World War Three? Oh my, like, but you know, like from the time I was like five years old to the time I was twenty five, I probably lived through seventeen different events that could have. Mm-hmm. you know turned into some crazy global conflict but it, it, it never did we're still here um so yeah i it but but like it can lend but then if you have short-term memory like you know where all you never think about the failures you just think about oh look to the future and something bad might happen and ah and then you, yeah and i you, you see all that on display in this show yeah, I like that aspect of it. Just just overlapping confirmation biases. <laughs> uh, Lottie tells Misty not to waste her body if she dies. And we'll kind of come back to that here in a bit. Uh, Misty's pretty reluctant. She's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Uh, and then Coach consults the symbol tree map and heads out into the snow. At yep. night, he does have a death wish, man. He's going out into these woods alone at night. That's insane. Probably the only time he can get away alone because Misty will uh, be can. Well, I guess Misty is sleeping with Lottie, so this is uh, maybe he feels like this is the only opportunity he'll get. Like Misty, yeah, like like sense. Lottie getting the piss beat out of her, combined with Misty's nursemaid. It's nighttime; no one else is awake. This is the only time I can get away. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the current day. Misty continues revealing things she's done, including impersonating the FBI, interrogating Randy. Um, and then she connects the dots and figures out that Jeff was the actual blackmailer, which pisses yeah. off the group. This this is funny because they're just again trying to play the bl- the blame game like hot potato. And Misty's justifying yeah. her actions, and when that's failing, she tries to deflect on the Shauna, but then Shauna tries to deflect on Natalie, but then that <laughs> <laughs> that just goes right back to Misty and mm-hmm. only connecting Jeff to the blackmail saves her in the end. Um, yeah, I mean, when you come down to it, this is all Jeff's fault. It's all Jeff's fault. Jeff is the wilderness. Jeff is the wilderness. Yeah, and some wilderness of it is Shauna's fault. She probably shouldn't have slept with sh- Adam. Soldier. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and it's it's a fun scene because like you see the looks on everyone's faces when they realize the question is coming uncomfortably close to you know like Ty will have that moment about the Oppo research and. Shauna mm-hmm. has this moment right now where it's like, you know, she's she 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 wishes she could just be like, okay, stop asking questions, okay, enough sharing, let's get out of here. But she can't, yeah. and she's just waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> oh, a masterclass in deflection and what aboutism? And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Uh, then we go over to Walter, who is doing a puzzle, uh, multiple puzzles. Did, yeah, did I you can't get... imagine these puzzles connect. It. On one side, it had a sailing ship. On the other side, it has a kitty cat in an astronaut costume. Now, it could be uh-huh. one of those, like, twee histories of flight, you know, or, like, like history of exploration, you know, okay. it's like some kind of mural, Star Trek Enterprise intro-style mm-hmm. mural. But is he? And maybe he is. He's just, he's just puzzle hacking. He's putting together two puzzles, completely different, different puzzles. <laughs> I feel like that's the Moriarty thing to do, right? Like... If you want to show that this guy is a mastermind, you show him doing multiple puzzles at the same time. 
I thought it's interesting what he is listening to while he gets the message from the Bureau of Citizen Detectives saying that the artist's body has been found. Uh, he's listening to Not While I'm Around, the Barbara Streisand performance of it, but that's from Sweeney Todd. Hmm. The okay. demon barber of Fleet Street. He's the. Have you seen? Have you seen Sweeney Todd? So no. Sweeney Todd's about a uh, a butcher. Or well, he's. It's about a. Uh, um, what do you call that barber, who starts killing people to uh, as a revenge mission, and uh, he comes up with a, a deal with the lady that uh, lives underneath him, the businesswoman that where she sells mincemeat pies. And he slits their throat nice. and then goes and then she delivers into the back of her and she chops them up and sells them up front and sausages and meat pies, I believe. Uh, so like, yeah, it's uh, just a little. And then the, the next thing he'll be listening to is um, uh, something for Fan of the Opera, Music of the Night. And that's about a man who kidnaps a woman because he's in love with her. <laughs> tries to try and when he can't have her tries to kill her and burn down the whole thing. It, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of and then also. He's a genuine, genuine Broadway fan. I don't think this is an affectation he put on just for Misty. Yeah. Because why the hell would be listening to it by himself alone? But the things he's listening to by himself alone are pretty telling. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. And we're sure because I I bet we're going to get feedback this week where people are going to be not so fast about this denying the room, the the. the theory that he let them know where Adam is. I just, I just can't see it. It just seems like nothing in this scene tells us that this is like, ha this is my Mortiarty stage two. It's more of like, Oh wow, mm-hmm. this is something I can exploit. Also, apparently he doesn't give a fuck about all the messages. Misty sent about the love proclamations. Yeah. I was waiting for some indication that he had even received them and there's nothing in this scene. The only thing I can think of is he gets a very fancy outfit out and mm-hmm. maybe in some twisted way he sees this. Oh, maybe he's sending a, a tip. He's going to give the cops a tip to throw them off of the situation. And then he's going to okay. put on his fanciest outfit and go back to the, the honey retreat and uh, try to woo her. Because he thinks that Misty killed Adam. And so he thinks that Misty is in danger here, right? Yes. Of being discovered. And, yes. and she is just not for exactly what he thinks. Um, yeah. So my, yeah, my guess is he's going to try to protect his Sherlock. I don't know. So that he can bring her down. Yeah. It's the like cops. the Joker. The Joker will beat the, uh-huh. would, would like that. I think canonically there's a old Batman animated series episode where some punk thinks he killed the Batman um, or he's bragging about it. And the Joker is like incensed. He wants to torture and murder this guy to death because he took away his favorite toy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely see. And and if anything, when I was watching this replay, this looked like a man who's concerned and taking action rather than mm-hmm. like, ha ha ha, I'm getting my revenge. So I think they're actually rope doping us and that he was moved by the declaration of love and he's moving to try to protect her, but we'll see. I think it's a pretty good guess. All right. Jeff dreams that Shauna uses her electric carving knife hands to murder him. And then he wakes up, he finds Callie, uh, can't sleep. She's in the living room drinking and Callie asks if she's like her mother. And Jeff tells her, that Sean is fucked up because their baby died in the wilderness and Callie feels real bad for her mom. 
Uh, what I love psycho? It's what real psycho, fucked up. What psycho teenager sits in their parents' living room drinking at night? You, you steal the bottle of beer and you go back to your bedroom. That's the play, right? Unless your parents are murderers and blackmailers, and then I don't think they and have you're a in to on stand it? on if they say you shouldn't be drinking in the living room. <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, True. you shouldn't be chopping people up into little pieces and spreading their body across New Jersey. How about that? Did you the grand did you... scheme drinking this beer is not nearly true. She's same. got a she's got a lot of upper hand in relationship all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Um when did you realize that this was a fantasy sequence with Jeff being stabbed? This the second hands. he got stabbed? Definitely. Well, definitely yeah. Hands. When she put the... she got Edward electric knife hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, well it was the first thing that tipped me off is Shauna's back here? Boy, they just cut from the blame game to Shauna, you know, finding her keys, driving home. Wow, you're because I all that, that stuff. Even... I'm like, that doesn't make sense. What what are they doing with this show? And then I realized later it was a dream. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That makes it all make sense. Yeah, you could tell. It's like these are a lot of deep seated fears that like his, uh, you know, trying to be a cherry lube type of guy <laughs> is going to get him killed. It's going to get him killed. A what? Do you remember him saying that the it was a strawberry lube? That he he uh, oh lube yes like like Shauna brought up using that and he's like oh that's something yeah. what did he say for something for sissies or something? I can't remember what or goth that's a goths fuck I don't I don't know exactly <laughs> what probably yeah what what, what, what <laughs> I don't exactly I don't know exactly what he said but he said something denigrated about it. he's like oh, I could have been the the strawberry lube guy um and mm-hmm. strawberry lube guy might get him killed yeah get his skin. <laughs> ground off graded off like a rind of pecorino pretty good <laughs> pretty good that's so funny um what do you think that uh what do you think that is uh, the the callie thinks after all this you know like uh well because it's funny because she's saying my like dad uh, my like mom and he's like yeah just like her she's this that and the other. no i mean am i crazy and fucked up he's like oh well as far as that you know the wilderness. I, I wonder how much about the wilderness she knows. Does she know about the cannibalism? Nothing is best I can tell. And and that's the thing that keeps intriguing me and interesting me about these scenes is Jeff reveals the information that will make Callie feel bad for her mom. Not the fucked up shit that she did while she was out in the wilderness that would completely turn her against him against her does jeff know all that i know he had access to He's the journals to. but did he read them as a form uh, in part as part of the blackmail i i think so there's a scene where he yeah. like tells her all that stuff you had to go through like it was horrible you you know you shouldn't feel bad it was survival but how much of that it, is the official story like do, well it's that, during a discussion thing- where they're talking about him stealing the journals so i i I do think he's read them. I do think he knows everything. Okay, so he knows everything, but are do you have a good idea of whether it's in the general public knowledge of the Yellow Jackets that they ate people? Because it's starting to feel like not. I don't. Which is very hard for me to believe with the Jackies remain sitting on the airplane seat and everything. That's the thing. I don't think we have that information yet. I know yeah. people are highly intrigued by what went on out there. And and I can see that being one of two things like, hey, these people survived. We have no idea how they did it and they won't yeah. say anything. So we yeah. got to figure it out. 
Yeah. Or it could be, we know these people survive by eating their friends. I want to hear more about that because that's fucked up. Yeah, I can see so, the fascination so really going know. from both sides. The same mm-hmm. as you. Um, it could be and, a mystery or it could be a morbid fascination with eating their friends. It is like, I, I also will say that I'm getting a little bit more tired of these mysteries just purely from an audience perspective because this information is known in the world everyone knows it everyone everyone in this world has heard of the yellow jackets and they know that they're either oh the mysterious girls have survived 19 months in the wilderness we have no idea how or oh they're the cannibal kid band you know mm-hmm. like it's feeling more and more like the world doesn't know yeah that's entirely possible they just made a pact not to say anything yeah this is too fucked up. No one will understand but us. And mm-hmm. here you go. Uh, but using using some nuggets of truth here, I think, is fairly interesting, especially when you're manipulating your daughter. And, and I don't know. Does Jeff see it as manipulating his daughter? I don't think or so. Or does he see it as comforting and, and, and protecting his daughter from the truth? I, I think it's the latter. I think he sees it as, you know, like, why why tell her the ugly stuff? I can mm-hmm. tell her the fucked up stuff that she, you know, that'll that'll make mom feel sympathetic. And and because, uh, like, you, yeah, I don't know. But because, like, Callie also was horrified about the information she found with her mom. So, yeah, maybe if he told her everything, it would it would push her away. But uh, it definitely, you know, she she definitely sees a difference between her and her mom at this point. You know, like she has gone through her mom's gone through things above and beyond what she uh, has at this point. Totally. And that's Jeff's point is that that's not her baggage, right? Like she doesn't have the same experiences. so She's not going to be as fucked up. Uh, the, the thing that I love about this, though, is he's also, I think, trying to protect her from the feelings that he's currently having too. this idea of like your mom might be more of a psychopath than we think. And she might be more dangerous than we think. And we're both stuck in this with her at this point. I don't think he wants her to feel that because he just woke up from a horrible dream. Right. So he's trying to keep those details from her so that she won't be stuck mentally in the same position that he is, even though she's stuck in that position regardless. Yeah. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, next scene is real quick. Walter grabs a purple jacket and heads out in his pajamas. I don't. Where are you going, man? Is is he going to change before he leaves, or is he just out the door in those pajamas? I no. I think he. I think him getting that like this is this. this, I, this to me, this read as a really fancy article of clothing that you might get dolled up to go meet a girl who just declared psychotically her love for you in an unhinged voicemail. Uh, it's possible. Like, it's like, definitely like it's, purple. It's, it's Joker-esque colors. And that also, like, I could see them just leaning in and he just shows up in either, like, this crazy Willy Wonka slash Joker <laughs> suit. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, he's definitely headed to the the queen compound, though, for sure. To the hive. Should we call it the hive now? Uh, We'll see how that plays out next episode. But we're going back to 1986 where Misty tells the rest of the Yellow Jackets about Lottie's wish to be eaten if she dies. Everyone wants Lottie to live and Ty realizes that if that's going to happen, they need to figure out how to stay alive without eating her. Did not see this coming, that Ty would be the one to suggest uh, the cannibal game? 
what animal could we put in there? It's not Squid Game. <laughs> the B the B game, I guess. That's not as cool as I want. What's to a sound? famously cannibalistic animal? Like I don't like I, like the only ones that come to mind are like amphibians and insects. So yeah, uh, squids. Mm-hmm. Squids probably cannibalized. Sure, those Humboldt squid. I don't so know. Vicious. I feel bad disparaging squids that way, but um, yeah, who's going to speak for the squid? I. I thought that was interesting too. That definitely, if there is such a thing as an antler queen, that definitely, you know, is putting her hat in the ring as someone who is mm-hmm. organizing the first hunt. Let's call this what it is. This is the the first hunt. Uh, everything else has been bounties yeah. offered up by the wilderness, um, but this is this is the taking of life. Um, well, is a hunt that ended up uh, taking a life, but at a remove. Maybe maybe this is the perfectly paced way to do this hunt. I just thought the girl, the way the girls started howling and grabbing improvised weapons and just like, you know, with the ritual of the the card with the like, I, I, I even if if the Red Queen had not had her eyes gouged out, and they just be like, this is the card. Like it, it just felt like everything was a little like one or two steps further on the sophistication of the religious practices than I was expecting for. And it, you know, it's like they go from like, hey, we need a way to devise to choose people. We need to cast lots and decide who's going to die to like this procedure with like a bequeathing of a necklace and uh, all, all that. It just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this we're we're not quite to that scene yet, but I we know. can talk about that whole thing if you want. But I was trying to like to connect this with like Ty being the leader and that's where yeah, I... The- I, I don't know. Well, let's save it until we get to that scene. Okay. It's very soon. Um, but between then and now, we're going to talk about the Yellow Jackets continuing to play the blame game. Uh, Shauna, did you wait before you did? did do you think it's interesting that the Yellow Jackets believe Misty? Because like, I, was it Mari that like questioned her? It's like, did she really say that? But like, I thought it was a sign of the desperation of the Yellow Jackets that no one really questions who. Misty saying that hey uh, our leader really wants us to eat her body even though I think they all think that Misty is crazy yeah for sure I I think they're hungry enough that they would believe it no matter who said it yeah they put a token effort of like you're not you know you're you're not lying to us right (laughs) but all right let's move back to the current day the Yellow Jackets continue to play the blame game with Shauna coming out as the clear loser Uh, Nat wants to talk about how fucked up they all are but Lottie says, nope, talking is no good. We have to give the wilderness what it wants, and what it wants is one of us. Um, I don't know that there's a ton more to talk about with this blame game here. The next scene with them is going to be a little more to, to speak of. So, I, the only interesting thing I thought was Shauna's saying, and I thought this is smart, this is kind of it's felt true, is that the reason the, the bear bedrock reason that Shauna lied to the group about Jeff is that in if she was in their places she would want to kill him yeah and she also I think the unspoken thing is she would have killed him so she didn't want any of these crazy bitches coming after her family (laughs) said said the craziest yellow jacket uh (laughs) 
I, I like how matter of fact uh, Natalie is about like, well, thank you for your honesty about that, Shauna. And that's why we need to talk. She's just like completely trying to stay on focus. That's why we need to keep talking and, and sharing in a share shack here. And then Lottie just comes in and both barrels of insanity. <laughs> and I feel like. Yeah. It's a nine nine episode season, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like maybe there should have been a tenth, or maybe there was, and they cut something that didn't work, and maybe there's a little bit too much trimmed to get it to fit within nine. Uh, I always feel like there's a story when you see nine episodes, like in uh, The Last <laughs> uh-huh. of Us. It was a ten season episode order, and they decided to combine the first two episodes to make it a, a you know a really a gripping uh, premiere, right? And that's why, you know, you had a supersized episode one and there's only nine episodes, nine episode season. No one orders a nine episode season. Yeah, I mean, famously, I don't know if it's famously, but the the reason they did that is because they had some disputes with the way that the first director was filming all of the stuff for episodes one. And they got rid of that person and they had to combine episodes one and two to make like a whole episode with the new director and stuff. With with, uh, The Last of Us? Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was yeah. a, there, a lot there's of something something not tidy about this. And I think that this episode is where the untidiness is most. We, oh, very similar to like, didn't we see this about the, the last season of Fargo that they at the last minute decided to get rid of and combine and rewrite a few episodes. And there was like one episode where you could feel all those kind of stress fractures shift up, you know, uh, or, or converge and then everything else is fine. I wonder if that's what this mm-hmm. is too. And I wonder what the story is behind it because like, yeah, there, there's just, I, I feel like they needed one more beat for Lottie in between stop, stop guys. We can't do this kind of half-hearted resistance to like standing up and being like, I've heard all of your thoughts and here in this sh- sharing shack, I want to suggest we murder one of us. There, it's just, I think she came into this conversation with that idea. Like I, the the thing that worked for me, I guess, about this is the slow reveal of the therapist thing. Like that the wilderness has been influencing her the whole time, and she's now giving into it. So she comes into this conversation primed to she she's looking for the opportunity to pour the poison into the glass and say, "Why don't we drink this?" And she's possibly drunk. Uh, Yeah, because I yeah I, I. I said it's not like a hairpin turn. It's just a little bit quicker. It's just a little bit quicker than I was expecting. And I'm not going to argue that the season has been perfect. I think maybe let that maybe let them talk a little bit more because obviously they're going to talk a lot more about the whole and and let them get a little bit more to like, what are we going to do phase? And no one has any answers. And then Lottie can step forward. But this felt like, yeah, yeah, you know, a little bit like premature. (laughs) Sure. I got you. I guess a little bit. All right, let's go back to 96 where Lottie shivers, shakes, and sees visions as the Yellow Jackets all choose cards. The one who chooses the Queen of Hearts is the one who gets eaten. Nat chooses it. Shauna's going to kill her, but Travis stops her long enough for Nat to make a run for it outside. And the, the rest of the feral girls chase her. Can we talk about the fact that I found it extremely interesting and theory shattering that Misty is the one that does the card dealing. Like it's mm-hmm. like one of those things where Van gives it the, the test to her 
And then she administers the test to everyone else. I really, for my Mari theory to work out, I thought Mari was going to be the one. Yeah, there's a lot of like, from a certain point of view, uh, oh, yeah? internet points that need to be collected in this episode, right? This is one of them where like, absolutely you're right that the the card thing is going to factor into the assignments of the the roles of the girls, but will it... But but the queen here seems to be not signifying who's going to be the antler queen, but who's going to be the sacrifice. So yeah, th- there's like a mirror universe where all of these theories were correct, and and we get a hundred internet points. But but speaking of mirror universes, it could because there's two others. There's there's three other queens in the deck: uh, the queen of hearts and the two black queens. There they could use those, yeah. Because uh, like uh, clearly they they add on and embellish the ritual as they go. Because oh yeah, they're making this up. But I, I thought even even at this level, with, with they, they have all the improvised weapons, they look like spheres and knives, and then they also the girls are wearing this headgear that is not like you know natural, but you can clearly mm. see kind of like a. I don't think it's an intentional costuming, but like there is a little bit of pageantry, just you know, maybe just just bundling up to go outside. Um, oh, but, I mean, but the you're whole right. Process of selecting is pageantry, right? Like this is all. <laughs> Yeah, all yeah, and the, the, the necklace, and... the necklace of it all. Yeah, that's uh-huh, the thing. It's yeah. like the and this stuff seems seems like stuff that Shauna added to it. You know, like oh, mm-hmm. Jackie's Jackie's necklace was the first. Uh, you know, she was the first the sacrifice uh, from a certain point of view. So now you're the new one. And but it's like, where did that come? I don't know. It's like it's all improvised, and I wonder if that's how it's all going to keep like just going to keep adding layers of stuff as it feels right to them and that's how you get totally. the completely elaborate animal dresses and things like that and, and i and love those. that it feels very organic like you know you've got contributions from each of these kids and and it feels like nobody could really be to blame here because mm. everybody is so involved in creating these rituals and following them and, and the yeah, whole maybe system I'm, is being developed by everyone I'm starting to talk myself out of thinking that maybe the pacing was off. I, I, I think there's a little bit off because, again, who the hell orders a nine episode season? But I wonder, <laughs> you know, Yellow Jackets of Bald Move dot com. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to know a gut check or, you know, what what are what are people feeling? Do, are people feeling like this? Uh, the ritual and the the hunt and all that stuff is is like came together a little too quick in this episode is was Lottie a little too quick the adult Lottie to suggest resuming this in the present day or did this feel like everything felt like a natural outcropping of what came before and I'm, I'm again I'm not saying it's a hairpin although I imagine there'll be a lot of there will be a few yeah. people to say it is I'm saying it's just a little bit a little bit faster than I was expecting. I felt like it, they needed a, a, another episode to get to, to, to let the stuff breathe. Uh, let's go back to the current day um, where Lottie does her best Jim Jones impression, tries to convince the others to drink poison to appease the wilderness, help them survive. I So, so here's the thing that I guess I don't like necessarily about this scene is everyone else's reaction. I don't have a major problem with Lottie suggesting this. I think she is delusional and or under the influence of the wilderness at this point. Everybody else even contemplating, I don't know, because this is a part of their history, right? This is like, they've done this before. It isn't completely foreign. To me, if if my group of friends sat down and said, yeah, one of us is going to drink poison here uh, to make all of our lives better, I'd be like, 
fuck you, I'm not doing any of that, and none of you should either. Dude, you get any but, six, but if six we of had us done and this someone suggests, you know what? Ago, I think we should go get Indian tonight. You wouldn't get, you, you'd get somebody like the fire hat. You know, it's like, dude, you, yeah. <laughs> right, Let alone be like, you know what? One of us should die tonight. There's, uh-huh, uh-huh. Van? Van's not pushing back against this shit? It, it, no, it, it seems wild for these, but but I don't know. So so we have mixed, missing context, right? We don't know yes. what happened between the, the the feral girls running around chasing Javi and Nat in the woods until they're rescued. So that is like a big question mark and something that could make this almost feel normal to them, right? Like a and return also, to the adults here say something. Thing going back to our other conversation that implies that there is stuff that they have not told the general public that if it was out, they think would ruin them. So sure. Yeah. When we don't know, cause like, again, even, even them hunting other girls, like if it is because they were starving otherwise, like I, it's a, it's a weird system, but it's, it's, you know, you're doing it for survival and you're also seven, you know, you're also 17. Uh, that's that's a big out for a lot of society. I know they'll they'll probably mostly be eighteen by the time they're survi- they're saved, but still, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's something else. There's something else. <laughs> what if they killed the first rescue party? <laughs> yeah, they might have. I, I want to see we like 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 a hiker stumbles onto them in the middle of summer and they're like mm-hmm. at the height of summer and they're like in midsummer mode and they're all in their flower crowns and they're like, no, nah, we're not done pretending yet, and they just kill them. Maybe it's yeah. that something that fucked up where they could have like that. That second winter is all on them, like in the way that like all of this is on Misty, because if she hadn't disabled the tracking device. But like, yeah, what mm-hmm. if they fucking killed the first round of rescue? <laughs> totally possible. We need to hide this body. We'll be right back after this. The lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. Yeah, uh, they view it as you know, a offering from the wilderness, or it's like that classic uh, you know story about the guy who's in a flood and he's praying for God to help, and hell and a boat comes, yeah, yeah. and ah oh, no, God's going to help me. A helicopter comes, and then he of course drowns, and he gets up there in the pearly gates, and uh, he's like, God, why don't you save him? He's like, Jesus Christ, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? You know, like. There's yep. going to be some ranger hiking through, and it's like, now nah, we're waiting on the wilderness to save us, buddy. But uh, we'll each in the meantime. Uh, mm-hmm. There's got to be something that they did voluntarily, because like if they're pushed up to it, I can't believe anyone would condemn them. It's got to be some extra level of depravity or culpability that they all had to continue in their situation. I mean, to like to your point, uh, like what is it Ty that pushes back it's like okay Lottie I think you're being a little extreme and she's like oh Ty am I you pushed your family away killed your dog almost killed your wife it's like okay maybe Ty would be open to you know dark Ty be open to drinking wilderness tea sure sure Shauna you're gonna get your whole family thrown in forever jail okay another one that might you know uh Misty you actually did kill someone you could be on death row yourself okay okay Natalie you're in so much pain to try to kill yourself Okay, maybe that, but then it's like, Van, something's broken inside you. I, mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like Van, Van is the one that should have stood up and been like, what the, I still have a functional vehicle. No one threw my keys in the woods. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then all the and girls howl and run after her. For, <laughs> but, 
It's just a dumb thing for Shauna to say. Like, our lives aren't that bad. No, they're pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And in the inventory of everyone. But, like, yeah, because, like, you lay it all out. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, either self-destructive behavior or just destructive behavior. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go over to the coach finding the tree that Javi drew and beneath it, the warm cave that he survived in for months on end. Yeah, there's a, did you buy that this is uh this would sustain Javi? Cause I did. I thought they had enough animal bones. They had the, the water, the warmth, like everything, everything was there for him to live. All right. I've got, I've got crazy theories that are ha- completely half-baked. They, like... They, if you look at... I, okay, maybe maybe I'm a fool. I'm trying to uh, assign some sort of meaning to the filters that I'm seeing in this episode. And I see the blur filter with the dead mouse. I see the blur filter with Travis watching Nat and Javi get along, which I thought was interesting. Uh, considering True. Javi's fate yep. this episode. Yep. And I see the filter here. As Coach reaches for the opening to uncover it, to move the, the fern branch or whatever the hell it is, the blur happens. And so I'm not even sure that what we see under here is actually real. God damn it. I mean, you're entirely <laughs> right. You're entirely right. This could be like we, we this could be another Jackie situation where we're gonna check back in with Coach and he's gonna be frozen. He's yeah, gonna be, he's gonna be yeah. like he's gonna be like his ass is sticking out of the tree roots and he's just frozen solid because there is no warm cave there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you might be right. Um, I don't know what it means necessarily, but I noted that they do the blur here. Mm. All right. Let's assume it is at least partially true. There's there is a space okay. under here. Maybe um, I noticed there's an antique lantern, like an old time looking lantern, which implies a previous occupant. Mm. I think they're going to start. We're going to start getting. I, I think the big um, kicking the door open and a, a whole other notch in, going from season two to three is going to be them trying to draw parallels between the previous group that was here. Obviously, someone is here with the camp, the the cabin and whatnot. Yeah, and I love this. it. Give us a third timeline. Oh, shit. I wasn't even thinking the whole up, but like, yeah, we're going to start learning more about what this other group did to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great way for the show to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Get third timeline. It's triple the mystery. Uh-huh. And you can use the, the layers of timelines to say interesting things about the characters and the wilderness itself the nature of it i i think that's and a great got, way to go they gotta be, be careful excited. because if i see fucking cabin boy that jackie saw in her death dream if i see that fucker then i'm going to 100 percent believe that the wilderness <laughs> is a supernatural thing and they will no longer be able to do the tightrope i will be scornful scornful of the men of science out there that are still trying to make it happen I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that by the end of this show it will be revealed 100 percent to be supernatural okay i'm leaning i'm leaning that direction and i think they are too like i said i'm not i'm i'm i am resistant to the idea because the evidence you know uh assertions made without evidence can be dismissed without evidence but uh there's definitely yeah there's definitely things they could do and that's a big one that's a big one if i ever see that fucking dude again then i'll know uh 
I'll, I'll know the wilderness is real. There's some kind of sh- or the yeah, yeah, because you can't even have a shared mm-hmm. delusion like that. So I hope they know that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then we get the final scene here where Javi finds Natalie, tells her that he knows a hiding spot, um, and offers to take her there. And with the other girls hot on their heels, they run across the frozen lake. Javi falls through the ice, and rather than save him, Misty tells Natalie to let him drown to save herself. And that's exactly what she does. And they pull his body out to be... They fish his body out. This is what they call ice fishing, right? When people say, I'm going ice fishing, this is what they mean. They fish his body out to be fried up later. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty brutal scene. It's pretty brutal, cold blooded scene. Oh yeah, it's a bit. It's also um, and if you know, you know. It, it's it's been a bad week for people falling through the ice in television. Uh, <laughs> I saw one this uh, weekend on a show that just uh, came back for a new season last week, and uh, woof, woof, um. Hmm. So, who bears the blunt brunt of the blame for Javi dying? Because I, I noticed that Natalie's first instinct was to just uncritically just go in there and save him. Everybody except for Natalie and maybe Misty. Everybody else collectively owns all that blame. But didn't Misty, she, wasn't she the one that first, like, put the idea into her head that, like, oh, you know, uh-huh. this but let this it happen. Is, this this is her advising her about her self-defense. I, it, Misty is not going to chase and eat Natalie. You don't think she's so? She's there, though. I'm not actually sure why she's there if she's not there to eat her. She why was chased. She... I mean, she definitely was howling and grabbed the knife and spear like the rest of them did. Why yeah, do you I think that Misty right. wouldn't do that? Okay, so Natalie is the only one free from blame here. Natalie even, is do, working purely in self-defense here. Uh, true. It's, it's a risky, though, because this move might not pay off, right? They might just be like, well, now we have two people to eat. Congratulations. Right, yeah. And murder her anyway. I think she's counting on the reluctantness of murder of her, her friend still. Why do you think Natalie bears no blame? Because, like, she did allow Travis... Because it's self-defense. To, like, if I murder someone, if I kill someone it's in not self-defense... self-defense. It's 100% self-defense. Javi was trying to save her life. Mm-hmm. And if she pulled him out of that lake, they eat her. Wow. Well, hmm. I think that's about as close to self-defense as you can get without her actually, like... <laughs> without it actually Javi being meaningful in a legal her. standard. Because, yeah, I mean, it's... it's because it, yeah, it's fucked. Because, like, in the legal standard, like, unless someone's actually attacking you, I don't think you have a right to be self-defense. But, like, this isn't a weird situation where it's like, well, I had to let this guy die or they would kill me next. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and then, like, there is nothing... There's nothing in terms of legal, though, what's going on out here. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well, the laws yeah, are what they make them out here. There's nothing in the Canadian Rockies uh, rural p- code that excuses any of this or allows for it. So mm-hmm. you're there might be at probably this point. right. Enough you're people go right. down in the mountains. You've got to have mountain law. Did, what was Javi's mechanism of death, by the way? Did he freeze to death? Did he uh, drown? I'm going to say, yeah, it's a combination, you know, like where you get so cold, you can't really breathe. And then you're also underwater. Is that drowning? I don't know. Because like cold water usually makes people not not die faster. Right. Like the mammalian diving reflex click kicks in. Like there's people been frozen under the ice for 20, 30 minutes, get get revived. Oh, all right. 
They're gonna sure. put Javi over to fire. He's gonna wake up. He's gonna pull a. He's gonna pull a van. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could see it. It's precedent. Were you surprised at Nat? Like I was a little bit surprised that Nat bucked her fate um, and ran in the first place. Uh, yeah, it's the, the ironic thing, or the, I guess the tragic thing here, not ironic, being that Travis is the reason his brother is dead. Right? If Travis hadn't stood up for Nat in that yeah. moment and tackled Shauna, yeah. his brother would still be alive, but Nat would be dead. Yeah. Or now um, would likely be dead. I, I, I don't know what Travis could... does when they come back and be like, oh, yo, your brother died right? and Nat didn't. And uh, the wilderness chose and we're going to eat it. Does he eat? Does he eat his brother? What is Lot? Also, what does Lottie <laughs> oh think God, about I this? Because like the, the other thing is why she's writhing around having visions of all this stuff happening. I was trying to figure out. It's like when she wakes up, what will she think? You know, she mm-hmm. took this vicious beating to save them all. And yet they've lost another. Although, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's messed up. She might think this was all part of the wilderness plan. Well, and and what you said about will the wilderness be, that's the other thing. Will the wilderness be happy that they substituted Natalie? Yeah. If the wilderness gives a shit, if the wilderness is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also thought it was interesting when Shauna was putting the knife to um, Nat's neck. I couldn't tell if she was flashing back to the memory of the hunt of doom coming or it was Travis or both. Mm-hmm. But like they kind of these fast cuts between, you know, like when everyone when when Shauna was seeing Travis as the bull that need to be slaughtered and then Travis like having the knife put to his ne- neck. It seems like it spurred. That's what spurred Travis into tackling her. But I wondered if it was it's also they, they played the first half of that as if it was like coming from from Shauna's brain. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I feel you. I wasn't quite sure what who was seeing what in those moments. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's uh, feels like there's no coming back from this. They, they were they were on the brink. They were ready to do something truly awful, and I think they got like halfway there with letting essentially letting Javi die. It, I, here's the thing: I don't know that Javi survives anyway, falling into that freezing cold lake, uh, however far they are from the cabin. I, I'm not sure he would have lived, but boy, they didn't try to help him <laughs> help him live. Well, I mean, was that on? Is that on the way? Did Coach go this path? Is that on the way to the hot spring? Because that's just why I thought he was taking her. But I guess there might be multiple hot spring locations. Yeah, because remember it the seems one like that he had Travis the one though. Saw? Yeah, I, I don't think that where... was the same tree. I think that was a different. That one. That was up in the mountains, but also right? marked. Uh huh. But. Did he only use the one? Because like that bit pile of bones implies that he kind of preferentially used, or maybe those are just old bones. Maybe that whole that's an old camp that he never used. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know. There's not like I said the the, the, the evidence is that there are more than one hot spot for sure. Mm. Yeah, because every time we've seen these green trees, inexplicably green trees, a couple of times this season. So there's yeah. and and certainly not in these same places. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if uh, Javi dies, but if he did, but the thing, none of the girls, like if he was fro- like uh, catatonic, there's no way anyone could have gotten him to the, the hot spring because they don't know where they're at. So, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he dies anyway. Probably does, but uh, still, it's on them. I wonder if the reason, because the other thing, why the fuck after a three day blizzard is this water not frozen solid? 
And this is I did I say this in the previous uh, Yellow Jackets podcast because I there's this um, lake in I don't know one of the Nordic countries that's famous for getting these perfectly circular blue splotches on it, like on mm. its surface. Um, mm-hmm. It's like it, it looks like someone came and and just like drew tr- tr- prescribed a perfect 360 degree circle and their various sizes and whatnot. Well, scientists have found out uh, that because of like there's some geothermal uh, activity underneath this lake surface, that there's this natural thawing that happens in a, you know, because the way wa- warmth diffuses through water and it, it, it weakens and it refreezes the ice because the, you know, the geothermal stuff is not a constant output. I wonder if they're suggesting that the reason that this ice is spontaneously weakening and letting things like the white stag freeze and Javi go through is it's more evidence of geothermal activity. And that's why the the river sometimes mm. run red because of a mudslide or something. I, I don't know. I'm still working my man aside. Obviously, yeah, obviously, it's just wilderness spirit bullshit. But I'm, I'm still trying to science <laughs> this shit out, man. Sure. Still trying to pull a Mark. I see, there's over so here. much iron filings in the lake that the it can't freeze. Yeah, yeah. Earth's magnetic field uh, the bends them back and forth, and it's like a microwave and makes it warm, weakens the if ice. If only this weren't set on top of an abandoned mine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of weird. If, if only it wasn't built on an abandoned high school steam tunnel system. Uh huh. <laughs> That's where they went wrong. I don't know, but uh, we'll find out next week. It's the finale, so big things should happen, I assume. Uh, I I can't imagine what it is now. I mean, surely they're not going to drink this poison. We're not going to have a main character in the adult timeline die, right? I'm going to go the other way. I think someone has to die, but just like the wilderness chose i think it's going to be somebody it's going to be somebody van. like randy or jeff it's going to be van she's dying anyway right of cancer she'll she'll probably be the one to drink it <sighs> Nah, i don't mm, no i actually think somebody else drinks no. it maybe lisa it would be hilarious if randy somehow drank poison dude if, if I, randy... makes, okay wait okay make your okay. <laughs> Well, maybe okay, it's a serious. So, so make, make, you, make your Randy drink. joke. Let's hear your Randy joke, and then I'll tell you the real shit. Okay. All, all of the girls <laughs> end up drinking the cups. None of them die, and and Lottie can't figure it out. And then they show Randy at home just like pouring a glass of Kool Aid, but he forgot that that was like his rat poison jug. <laughs> it, he like switched the labels or something, and then he dies. So that the wilderness would be chooses. So Randy. Okay. Okay. The Randy theory duly noted. What about the Lisa theory? All right. Lisa somehow ends up drinking the tea by accident or mistake or for maybe even some nefarious purpose. It maps a lot onto the situation with Javi because Javi tried tried to save Nat and wound up getting killed. Lisa has tried to save Nat this season. Is going to wind up getting herself killed, taking her place. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I want to say Jeff or Randy, but they're not. They're they're not really connected in that way, and they're they're way far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've really built up Lisa. Is she going to be a, a recurring main character? Mm. It's possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Her her goldfish thing has me a little bit worried about her. 
because now is like kind of thinking about killing it and her mom's worried that she's going to kill it. There's a lot of death surrounding Lisa and that goldfish. Yep. And now with death entering the equation at the compound, I feel like there's possible bad stuff ahead for her. I, I think somebody has to die. Um, mm-hmm. It would feel kind of a, of a cop out if they punt the tea drinking the next season. Um, but then again, maybe they someone dies. So it's a wilderness chose and they decide not to drink the tea because of that. But also, I guess the thing is, is like my theories are starting to compete with themselves, because if I had the theory that like, well, I think Javi is a rejected sacrifice because that's not what the wilderness chose. That's just the girls like saying a flattering lie to themselves. Well, then Lisa doesn't work in the modern day. And why would they try it if they know firsthand that the wilderness doesn't work that way? So one of those two Mm -hmm. theories has to be wrong. Perhaps both of them. Because I'm just yeah. making shit up as I go. Randy along. eating a tainted bag of Fritos is probably not. Oh, what the I don't ever want to hear Randy and the word taint that close together. <laughs> you know, just like my mind conjures what things taste like. Sometimes uh, I get unbidden what things look like. And I just, you know, Randy taints mm-hmm. a, it's not a place I want to go. Thanks. <laughs> you know, the bad whoppers you get. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, no, stop it. It's already too much. The podcast is over. The episode's no. over. We're going to yellow jackets at baldmove.com. Yep. Twitter.com slash baldmove. Help support.baldmove.com if you want to, uh, you know, get get a bunch of free content and ad free feeds. Oh, speaking of uh, also, we are um, doing something fun. Long-term Bald Move fans probably know that every to kick off the summer season, we do a celebration of 80s and 90s badasses. We call it the Badass Fest. We've been doing this. This goes back to the beginning of Bald Move. We took a long hiatus. This is the fifth one. Uh, it's a celebration of all things 80s, 90s action heroes uh, with emphasis on the classics like Schwarzenegger, um, uh, Sly Stallone. And we're kicking things off with a live screening of 1990s Total Recall by Arnold Schwarzenegger, the biggest one, of the biggest the cinematic badasses of all time. Uh, we are going to be having this here in Cincinnati on June 23rd at 7:30 p.m. Uh, we are going to watch together with our Bald Move fans Total Recall, and then do a live podcast immediately after. Uh, it's probably be a little intermission to let people hit concessions. Just uh, a cash bar. Uh, there'll be an exclusive Total Recall themed drink. And you can get tickets for this engagement right now at baldmove.com slash live. Check it out. Uh, June 23rd, 7.30 p.m. here in Cincinnati. All the details uh, are there on baldmove.com slash live. And I also put some uh, area attractions if people are going to be traveling, uh, driving, staying over. If you want to plan your fun weekend in Cincinnati, I got some suggestions for you. Baldmove.com slash live. Check it out. Uh, We'll be back sometime this week for a feedback episode. And then, of course, next week will be the finale. Until we get there, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.